false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives in the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stuff. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives in the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. 
He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship this morning. What a great day it is to gather together in God's house, to worship His name and experience His presence and His goodness. And if you're watching online, we just want to say welcome to you. Father, you are such a good God. And Lord, we just count it an honor and a privilege to be able to fellowship with you and worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise and we welcome and value your presence in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Stand together this Son of man. 
just lift our hands. You've done so much for us. Oh, there is none like you, Lord. Come on, let's tell us. You've given us victory over victory over victory. Everything the enemy tried, it's backfired on him a hundred times. Every time he thinks he's got us, he shouted a little too early because we're still standing. Come on, tell, tell, come on, testify. Oh, we testify in this house today that we are children of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands. We're just worshiping with our own words today.
presence is filling this place. We thank you that your spirit is moving in this place. Oh, we glorify and honor you, Lord. Master, Savior, Healer, Deliverer, Helper, Stress Reliever, Joy Giver, Waymaker. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise to the Lord God Almighty. It's such a wonderful thing. He loves to hear your voice. He loves to hear you sing. Hallelujah. And Lord, we thank you that you are here. You know everything that's going on. But Lord, you're here to speak with us. And we listen to your voice. Oh, precious one. Oh, dear one. I'm taking you to peaceful waters and green pastures. I'm leading you through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm anointing your head so that your cup runs over. I am with you. I am leading you. And I am guiding you. So take my hand and follow me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Don't they do a wonderful job? Hallelujah. Amazing musicians and singers. And uh, they're dedicated and committed. Each and every week, Wednesdays, Sundays, bringing us into the presence of God. There's no place like the presence. And you can enter at any time, any place, anywhere. Hallelujah. I think the microphone needs to be battery changed. Might need to be flipped around. <laughs> it's all right. I got a loud voice. Well, we're going to speak the word. Amen. This will be the last uh, week for this particular subject, and then we'll start a new uh, confession next week. But uh, let's make our confession. Join us together as we say this. By faith, I choose to walk and live in love. God is love, and we live for him and walk with him. We welcome and receive God's perfect love, and we are fearless. Love is having God's nature within us. Love is God's adhesive power that binds us together. 
Love is the fruit of the recreated human spirit planted in our heart by God. Love is born of the Spirit of God. Love makes my faith work. Love is God in action. God so loved that he gave. God so loved that he acted. Jesus so loved that he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. He chose to love me. He showed his love to me. And he gave his love to me. Love transforms our lives, our workplaces, and our homes. It makes life better. Our love abounds more and more and displays itself in greater depths, in real knowledge, and in practical insight. We have unfailing and fervent love for one another. We overlook unkindness, and we unselfishly seek the best for others. Through God's love, we are more thoughtful, gentle, and tender. Our love never grows old, nor never wears out. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Good morning. God bless each one of you. And Jesus loves you. Today we are starting the celebration of Double Double for Pastor Doug and Dr. Fiona of 20 years at VCF as our pastors. And we're doubling up with their 25th wedding anniversary this past May. Woo! Hallelujah! So join us afterwards for some snacks and fellowship. And um, we are planning to send them to a trip where they desire to relax and to be inspired Wherever their dream vacation is. So that's what we're going for. Does that sound good? Let's send our pastors on a dream vacation. (laughs) And they will determine what their dream is. (laughs) We just support them and celebrate with them. Okay. Tuesday, Air Force Youth from 6 to 8 p.m. here at the church. Ages 12 and up. So, um... Yeah, Tuesdays are awesome. And last night we were at in Philadelphia at Let Us Worship and Independence Mall. I always want to say the other word, mall. Independence Mall. So we worshiped the Lord together there on the ground. And it was an awesome time in the presence of the Lord with other believers declaring the truth of who God is, the original intent of of this country that still remains and will be carried out. So we were excited to be there. And uh, our faithful driver, Stephen, and our faithful navigator, Melissa, although we missed a couple, I don't know, if you travel to Philadelphia, it's very easy to get on the wrong road. So we did end up in New Jersey for a brief amount of time. (laughs) 
but we just persevered. We got a, a, a secondary um, navigator, Devon, and we, we, we kept making all sorts of U-turns and circles. We circled, yeah, kind of like airplanes. We circled Independence, <laughs> Independence um, Mall for a while, and then finding a parking place that was tall enough for our van that was a secondary issue. But the Lord landed us in a perfect spot. And we walked into Let Us Worship just as they said, welcome. So hallelujah. <laughs> it was wonderful weather as well. So that's Air Force. Also, Air Force is going to be representing Victory Christian Fellowship this Saturday, October 1st at Cavern Days in Indian Echo Caverns in Hummelstown. And so that's from 10 to 4. If you want to stop by and look for us, there'll be all sorts of activities that um, Indian Echo Caverns is hosting for their cavern days. There's things for the kids to do. There's food trucks for adults to eat from. There's a lot of uh, vendors selling things. But we'll be there representing Victor Christian Fellowship, offering prayer to people in our neighborhood, letting them know who we are and where we are. So you're welcome to come out and join us there. Then Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30 p.m. Come and be refreshed. There's nothing like a Victory Christian Fellowship refreshing. And then Thursday, we have our second Bible adventure. So we had our first for this school year with Forge and Northside, third, fourth, and fifth graders. So we're excited to be back again with the kids. They were excited to come back, and they're out inviting their friends to join them, and then October 4th, which will be next week, we are starting our first ministry to the middle school students in Palmyra called This Generation, and that will be happening on Tuesdays every week. So it's for middle school students in Palmyra. We will provide transportation for them. If you know somebody that's being homeschooled or in cyber school, they and their middle school students, they're welcome to come. They need to provide their own transportation. That's the only difference. And that's, that will be um, Tuesdays from 125 to 225. And then we're gearing up for the men's conference. Woo! Yes, the men's conference is the last weekend of October, October 28th and 29th. So you want to be here, men, because this one is off the charts. Level up. God has something amazing planned for each of you, and you want to be here. So bring a friend as well, and then you can level up together. Okay. That's. Oh, and our, the guest speaker is Pastor John George. Yes. And there is a registration. You can do it online or in the bookstore. I was looking at the pretty picture, and I forgot the details. <laughs> but the Lord noticed it for me. Okay. Our Air Force youth group, we have a small presentation to celebrate with our pastors and with all of you. So if the youth will come up here, we have a little video that Kelsey made for us last year, and then she got it put together this year. So we're going to show that first, and then our youth have... The Lord during youth group often gives new songs to um, Abby and Devon, and we just flow with them. So we're going to share a new song or two or three with you. <laughs> so.
So the video first, and then we'll sing. up and participate with this song. There's some action.
Do one more? Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Abby. What do you want to do? Which one? You do it. Okay. <laughs> so for the lyrics, do you have them up there? I think it's called Rain in Us.
also their sons, Gabe and Josiah. Woo! Okay. Hallelujah. That was awesome. A lot of songs and books and things have come out of here. You know, I can remember when we didn't really have a youth group. We had like one or two, and uh, the people who were with us that time, they were okay with that. So um, they uh, they didn't stick with us, but so then I started the youth group in 2008, and uh, our first uh, youth event, uh, which catapulted our youth group, was uh, we took our youth to Joyce Meyer. Uh, someone had gave us uh, one of the uh, sky boxes there at the Giant Center, and uh, so we took the youth to Fuddruckers, and then we went to Joyce Meyer and had a great time. And uh, for a couple years, we uh, hosted our own camp. Here we called it Camp Courage. And uh, then, because uh, we didn't know that in our region they had a camp, and um, so then we started going there, but I'll tell you what, our youth are just uh, catapulting to success. Amen? And uh, we're so appreciative of uh, Pastor Nelson and Pastor Nadine and the job that they're doing and all of our young people. I'll tell you what, this is a great place. Amen. And uh, this is a place where you can get things from God. And uh, if you have a need today, God is here to meet your need. And he wants to fulfill your desire, your heart's desire. And uh, he is so good that he'll take care of all your wants. And you just look to Jesus and all your needs, wants and desires, they'll be taken care of. Amen. Uh, before we dismiss the kids this morning, I wanted to read something from the book of Job. How many know Job went through some things? Job lost some things. Job suffered some things. But that wasn't the end of his story. And uh, when you put your faith in God, no matter what you go through in life, no matter what you lose in life, no matter what you suffer in life, God will work it out. Yes. Say, my God, my God is working all things out, all things out. For, my good. for my good. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, first of all, God had to deal with Job's friends. And he told them that they were wrong in their advice. And uh, how they spoke to Job, because they didn't know what they were talking about. All right? And uh, so let's go down to Job chapter 42, verse 7. Job 42, verse 7. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me the things is right uh, that is right, as my servant Job has. Therefore, take unto you now seven bulls, seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer for yourselves, offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you, 
for him will I accept, lest I deal with uh, you after your folly, and uh, in that uh, have not in 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 that you have not spoken of me the things which are right, like my servant Job. Okay, so they had to bring an offering to Job. All right, and uh, so they did what the Lord said. I don't want to deal with the. I don't want the Lord to deal with my folly. Amen. So how do you uh, how do you overcome your father? You just do what he says. So they brought this offering. Job prayed for them. Now watch what happens in verse ten. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. When you go through some trouble, God will give you double for your trouble. But you got to keep your faith in him, right? You got to keep speaking the right thing. Okay? Then there came unto Job all of his brothers and sisters, and uh, all they that had been his acquaintances before, and ate bread with him in his house, and uh, they consoled him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord... Now, it wasn't the Lord that brought it. It was the devil, okay? And uh, every man gave Job a piece of money. <laughs> money is coming to Job, okay? And everyone an earring of gold. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. Everybody say, more than... I'll tell you what, that blessing over, overtook his trouble. When that blessing came, what trouble? You mean I had some trouble? Amen? Because the blessing is so good, the blessing is so plenty, the blessing is so abundant. For he had 14,000 sheep before he only had 7,000. And 6,000 camels before he only had 3,000 camels. Those were the semi-trucks of the desert. Camels. That's what you used to haul a bunch of stuff. And a thousand yoke of oxen and a thousand she asses. He had also he also he had also seven sons and three daughters. He called the name of the first uh, Jemima. She made pancakes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. And verse 15: In all the land were no woman found so fair as Job's daughters, and their father gave them an inheritance among the brethren. Hallelujah. Job had so much that he gave an inheritance to all of his kids. Amen. After this, say say after this, life goes on after trouble. Job lived 140 years. After he went through this, after the blessing, he lived another 140 years. Those 140 years were much better than the previous ones. Amen. Now, some say that Job's trial that he went through was about nine to ten months. Nine to ten months. What's that compared to 140 extra years? Right? And saw his sons, his sons' sons, even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. Amen? I just want to encourage you today, as you give to the Lord, it's such a joy and an honor and privilege to give. You're not giving to this church. You're giving to the Lord. This is the Lord's work and if you're here, you can give any time during the service. Uh, if you're uh, watching online, uh, you can give through our website. And uh, some of you may be getting an email. Uh, for the month of October, 
we're going to do a special fundraiser for Bishop Keegan. Uh, Bishop Keegan has an orphanage in Kenya. I've been there. Um, I've preached uh, uh, in places in Kenya. I've, I've seen the orphanage, and uh, we worked with uh, Bishop Keegan. Well, he has a tent that you, he uses for a dining hall and for classrooms and other things, and the tent that he has uh, is really broken down bad, and he needs to replace it. And so for the month of October, so you don't have to do it today, but you can take the whole month, and uh, you can give whatever you desire to give. It's a special offering. But when you give, I want you to designate it Bishop Keegan's tent. All right? Huh? Or just tent. Designated tent. That's fine. Yeah. You know, we got to kiss it. Keep it simple, saints. Right? Oh, you thought I was going to say something else. No, no. Y'all are saints. Hallelujah. So uh, you can see, uh, uh, you'll be getting an email about that. Amen. So, Father, I just pronounce a blessing today over the gifts and the givers, Lord. I thank you that they, as they participate in your plan, they receive your benefits and your blessings. And you're so good to them. You protect them, provide for them, and prosper them in all things. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right. Kids, we got some awesome, handsome, beautiful kids in this place. We love kids here at VCF. And we got some awesome, incredible, anointed teachers and workers and we're so appreciative of them. So kids, we're going to dismiss you now. Have a good class. Woo, glory to God. Have some fun. Praise the Lord. Well, we're in our 20th year. And uh, it was uh, in my heart to share with you One of my foundational messages, and of course it's about inheritance. So this morning I want to talk to you about believe God's promises and receive his benefits. How many believers are here today? If you are a believer, then you are a receiver. Amen? Because the Bible is clear that he wants... Whatsoever things you believe, you shall receive. God wants to get things to you that you uh, need for this life. And uh, so we can believe God's promises and receive his benefits. You know, our God is a promise maker and a promise keeper. He, he abides by the promises that he gives us. He gave us a book of promises. He gave people promises. He gave nations promises. And he, has, he brings all of his promises to pass. Because if God did not abide by his word, this universe would fall apart. This universe would no longer exist because God created the worlds with his word. Okay? And God stands by every word that he says and every promise that he makes. He personally guarantees its fulfillment. When God says, I give you my word, he means it. It's not just a passing statement. 
He entered into a covenant, a blood covenant with mankind. And that is a binding agreement. It's greater than any contract that man made. Amen? And David understood when you have a covenant and you face someone that doesn't have a covenant like a giant, you already win. Amen? That's the power of covenant and promise. And God has all the power to bring what he says to pass. He'll make it happen. He does the heavy lifting. All we have to do is believe what he said. But he's the one that has the power to it that brings it to pass. And God has outlined numerous uh, promises in his will or his word. Now, I've heard the, the number vary. Some, I've heard some say 7,000 promises. I've heard another person say 8,000 promises. It doesn't matter. I'll tell you what, this, the word of God is chock full of goodness. And it has a promise for every area of life that you will face and deal with and go through that you, you can even possibly think or imagine. Amen? God has answers for things that you've never even been through. Someone else may have been through, but maybe you haven't been through, but God's got answers in his word. And uh, he included you in his will. God included you. He, uh, he made you a beneficiary of his will. All right? And in order for you to know what's been given to you, you've got to attend the reading of the will. Amen? If you don't go to the reading of the will, you miss the things that have been outlined that are yours. And if you don't know what belongs to you, you can't lay claim to it. You can't benefit from what you don't know exists. Amen? So church services are the reading of the will. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm a divine inheritance specialist. Because God gave this to me and anointed me and appointed me uh, many years ago. It doesn't mean um, I have all the knowledge in it. I'm growing all the time. But God has given me some things. I want you to go to the book of Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And uh, we're going to first look at verse 29. Then we're going to go back to verse 6. So we're going to start at the end and see how we got there from the beginning. All right. Galatians 3.29. You may have heard this before once or twice or several times here. You know, you realize... There's uh, 52 Sundays, 52 Wednesdays, so that's 104 services that we do uh, a year, plus the special services, uh, that's uh, seven months, you know, so that's uh, 111 services, and uh, you minus a few guest speakers, but we're probably preaching about 100 messages a year on the average, amen? And you multiply that for 20 years, that's a lot of sermons, Amen? It's no wonder that we have writers and singers that are inspired with songs because your pastor speaks so many words. <laughs> I know some of you are thinking, I wish he'd speak less words. <laughs> I'm just so chock full of the word. I, I became a Bible junkie a long time ago. And uh, my very first sermon that I preached in a regular public setting, not including Bible school, 
was a singles group in Tulsa, Oklahoma at uh, Grace Fellowship Church. And there was about 50 or so singles there. They had a singles group that would meet before church. And so the singles pastor asked me to preach. And uh, I remember I preached on the power of, of purity about how Hezekiah, when he became king, the first thing that he did was he made repairs on the temple and he opened the doors of the temple. He got things ready for worship. And uh, my very first sermon, I preached like 50 minutes. Amen. I have never lacked the ability. <laughs> All right, I'm getting myself in trouble now. See, when you're, when you're a guest in a place, like I was an evangelist for a couple years before I became a pastor, then I could say, blessed are the short-winded for you'll be invited back. But see, when, I, when I'm a pastor, I can just continue on. <laughs> All right, Galatians 3.29, my favorite verse of the Bible. And if you be Christ's, how many are Christ today? How many belong to him, are part of his family? You've been integrated in. You invited him in and he included you into his family. Glory to God. You got to be in Christ, in the anointed one. Notice, why did he say if? Because to be in Christ is a choice that people make. People aren't automatically in Christ just because they're born into this earth. You have to choose to be in Christ. If you be Christ's, then... Glory to God. You are Abraham's seed. You are his offspring. Hallelujah. And you are heirs according to the promise. Say, I'm an heir. heir. Say, God likes to share with all of his heirs. Hallelujah. Welcome to the airwaves today, the H-E-I-R waves. Amen. We're, We're taking over the airwaves of Palmyra. Because there's a lot of people who don't know what's been given to them in the word. There's a lot of people that don't know what God has promised them in the word. And that's why we're here. That's why God brought us here over 20 years ago. I didn't know Palmyra existed except uh, when we went to visit my uh, Hershey one time with my family and we got lost. Because that was before GPS. And well, let's just say I had a habit of making U-turns. I was really good at U-turns. And uh, so... We missed our exit, so we had to take 422 back to Ephrata. And uh, we were just saying, boy, what a beautiful place. This would be a great place to live. And God's going, well, just wait. (laughs) Amen. And here we are. Hallelujah. All right, so go to Romans 8.17. We're going to come back to Galatians, but go to Romans for just a minute. Romans 8 and verse 17. Hallelujah. No matter what I preach on, I always say something about inheritance or being an heir or something like that. Romans 8, uh, look at verse, uh, we'll start with verse 16. The Spirit himself, he's not an it. The Holy Spirit is not cousin it. He is a person. He is God. All right. Uh, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Listen, when you got born again, God sent you a signal. He said, you're mine. Just like a a satellite that NASA sends up, it sends back a signal to make sure it's in the right orbit. God sends us signals that we are his. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joint heirs with Christ, 
If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. What does it mean to be a joint heir with Jesus? It simply means what he gets, we get. The victory he achieves, we we achieve. Because he gives it to us. Amen? We get the same benefits. We get the same power. We get the same Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We're joint heirs with Christ. Amen? All right. So let's look at this chapter now. Let's go to verse 6 in Galatians 3. Galatians 3 and verse 6. Now this inheritance, see, every heir has an inheritance. You can't purchase this inheritance. You can't be good enough to earn this inheritance. You can't do enough good deeds to qualify for this inheritance. And this inheritance is a gift of God, and it only comes through faith. When you believe in God, that gives you access to your inheritance. Hallelujah. In other words, you could say that faith activates your inheritance. All right, Galatians 3, 6. He says here, he says, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. So we become children of Abraham by faith. Did you know that Abraham was your father? He's our distant relative. Amen? And God made a promise to Abraham. Abraham was not an heir, but he had an heir named Isaac. And Isaac was a supernatural uh, seed that came about as a result of Abraham and Sarah believing a promise. Isaac was a direct result of two people who believed a promise. And when it seemed impossible, when it was physically... uh, impossible to birth a child God brought that child to be amen Sarah was 90 Abraham was a hundred and Isaac was born glory to God glory to can you imagine two elderly couple going to the clinic what you in for oh I'm, I'm we're gonna have a baby could you see a doctor today going what you know that make the headlines of every news Paper, right? Every news story. Couple in Palmyra. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. So you got to receive this inheritance by faith. And he's referring to Genesis 15. See, Abram, in his journey with God, he began to doubt God. Now, I know that no one here has ever doubted what God said to them. Just keep smiling and looking forward. And no one knows that I'm talking about you. You know, sometimes doubt can kind of creep in because you get your eyes on the wrong thing. In Genesis 15, we're not going to go there, but the Bible said, uh, Abraham said, God, what are you going to give me seeing I go childless? And the only one who's my heir is Eliezer, my trusted, most uh, qualified servant of my house. And God said, Abraham, Eliezer's not going to be your heir. 
I'm going to bring someone from your body. And then he takes them outside. He shows them the stars in the sky and the sand of the sea. And he said, can you number the stars? Nope. Can you number the sand? Nope. He said, that's what your descendants are going to be. And it was in that moment where Abraham made a decision that he was going to believe God. He'd already heard God's voice. He already had God's promise that he was going to be a father of many nations. He already said that how God was going to bless him. He already experienced the blessing of God. He was walking and living in the blessing of God. But he was focusing on what he didn't have. He was focusing. See, sometimes the enemy will try to get your eyes on what you don't have. And if he can break your focus, you can cancel the reception. You know, if a a wire is not properly grounded, any electrical device, it's not going to work or it's going to be real funky, right? Because it's not grounded properly. But how many know you got to be grounded properly in the Word of God? Okay? So, what does it... So, Abraham believed God. What does it mean to believe God? You know, we, we say it very often, well, I'm a believer. Okay? If you're a believer, then what do you believe? You know, what you believe shows up in how you live. What you believe shows up in what you say. Because everybody does things and says things based on their belief system. Whether you realize it or not, your belief system is running your life. Your belief system has gotten you to this point. Your belief system is your MO, your modus operandi. Okay? So what does it mean to believe God? I just wrote down some things. To believe God is to take God at his word with nothing added or subtracted. When when the Lord says you're healed, you simply say, I'm healed. Those two words have enough power in that to bring about your healing and to overcome your infirmity, weakness, sickness, whatever it may be. Did did Jesus ever say, tell someone that they're healed? Did the prophets ever write about healing? Did, Did Moses ever write about healing? Absolutely. There's a lot of stuff about healing. Matter of fact, I had a class at Ramah called Christ the Healer, and we went over 19 reasons why it's God's will to heal you. Glory to God. Say, it is God's will that I am healed. That's in his will. He wrote it in his will that he made you a beneficiary of healing. Healing is a benefit that is included in his will. And once you know that you're an heir, you can receive it. Because a will is a legal document that allows you to possess what you've been promised. When I was in Tennessee... Actually, no, actually, before I went to Tennessee, my, my parents had always said, you know, Doug, when you, we'd like for you to go to college. And when you go to college, we'll pay for it. So I was on the work-study program. I studied. My dad worked. He was really good. <laughs> worked out really well. Well, um, my dad's aunt, her name was Pearl. 
She passed away. My dad did not know that he was in her will. But he got a notice that to come to the reading of the will, you know, a lawyer, a legal person will, will inform you if, you're, uh, if you've been included in the will, someone will inform you, okay, you need to come to the reading of the will because this person left you some things. And once you hear the reading of the will, then you can claim what's yours, right? Well, <clears throat> she left my dad over $100,000. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know why? That was good because he shared it with his kids. He, he, that was the first brand new car that I ever was able to purchase as a result of that. I got a 1992 Saturn SL2. Four-door, five-speed. And the way Saturn did those things back then is when you were ready to pick up your car, they'd put it in the showroom. And all the employees of the place would gather around as cheer as you drove out. I'm telling you, that is a great feeling. When I'm driving my Saturn out of that, they were cheering. I was like, oh, this feels good. New car, plus they're cheering me as I go out. True story. That little car served me well, amen? So you got to take God at his word, not adding to or subtracting anything. That's what it means to believe God. What he said, the way he said it, it's it. Amen? To believe God means to be on God's side of every issue. It means to share his perspective on every subject, share his thoughts, speak his words as if they were your words. When a person says they believe God, are you in agreement with God on every subject? Or are there some subjects where you and God disagree? You know, if you and God disagree, you're the one with the problem. God's good. He doesn't have to change. So if you, if you find that you're disagreeing with God, you're the one that needs to change. Amen? Why? Because God is the truth. He's the absolute truth. There is absolute truth in this world. This world may not want you to know that there's absolute truth, but there's an absolute truth. His name is Jesus. His name is G-O-D. His name is the Holy Spirit. He is the absolute truth. Okay? So this is what Abraham believed God. God said he was going to be a father, and he became a father. Yeah, he had some bumps along the way, but he became what God said. If you read about it in Romans, Abraham became a father. He became. How did he become it? Because he believed what God said about it. You know, when you believe what God says about something, you become what God says about something. If you believe you're healed, you become healed. Amen? <clears throat> Hallelujah. To believe God is to rest on his promises with a firm persuasion, a strong conviction, and knowing what God said is real in spite of your circumstances. Let me say that again. This is what it means to believe God. To rest in his promises. Everybody say rest. If I was tired, I can lean on something that will hold me up. You guys are sitting in chairs right now. How, how did you know that that chair was going to hold you up 
if you were to sit in it. You had to put your weight in it. But once you put your weight in it, once you put your trust in it, you, you knew that it held you up, didn't it? No one has fallen, have they? That chair will hold you up. See, you got to put your trust in God. That's what it means to believe God. See, because God's word will not make sense to your natural mind. God's word is not logical to natural living. Why? It's supernatural. So God will say things, there are things in God's word that you will think, how can that be? But you've got to convince yourself that because God said it, it is. Irregardless of what you feel about it. Okay? To believe God means to rest in his promises with a firm persuasion. You've got to be fully persuaded. Everybody say persuaded. How long does it take you to get persuaded? How much evidence do you need to persuade you to what God said is true? Hmm? Can you just hear the name Jesus and that's all the evidence that you need? Well, I mean, that's the greatest name in all the universe. Jesus is the word, right? Do you need, a, do you need another word? Jesus encompasses all the word. And it's a strong conviction. You've got to believe it so strongly that you'd be willing to die for it. See, when you believe God, death has no sting or fear or anything about you. Paul believed that he was called to be an apostle by God so strongly that he gave his life for it. He wasn't even afraid to die for it. He had such a strong conviction. That's what it means to believe God. You've got to hold on to his word with such, you know, some people have called it bulldog faith. Give a bulldog a bone and let him sink his teeth into it and then try to get that bone away from that bulldog. You're going to be in for a fight. He's going to growl. He's going to show his teeth, but he's not going to let loose that bone. We've got to have some bulldog faith in the body of Christ. We've got this little passive, aggressive thing going on with God, and uh, you've got to be fully vested, fully invested in God. Amen? Especially when you're having trouble in life, that's not the time to be slacking. You've got to be getting in the Word, in His presence. You've got to be doing what you know to do. Why? Because I believe God. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. That's what, what our inheritance began with that. Hallelujah. I had so many other things. I'm probably not even going to get out of chapter 3 today. (laughs) And you've got to know that what God said is real in spite of your circumstances. Jesus looked at a man who had been lame for 38 years. And he was sitting next to a pool hoping to be, be, be put in the water. Jesus didn't even use the water. He just said, pick up your mat and walk. How do you think someone who hadn't walked for 38 years, when they heard those words, how do you think it affected them? He got up and picked up his mat and walked. And guess what? His lameness was gone. 
How did that happen? He responded to a word that was spoken to him. He had such a conviction, such a persuasion, such a rest of that, that he embraced it in the moment, and he was able to walk right then. Amen? So, this is what it means to believe God. To believe God is to be confirmed. How many ever made a hotel reservation? Nowadays, they send you a confirmation number to make sure that you're registered at that place, right? Or if you do a financial transaction, they send you a confirmation number to make sure that this is the amount of money that you want coming out of this account. It's confirmed. Hallelujah. When you're not sure of something, you'll say, I'll pencil it in. But then when you're sure, you say, okay, let's confirm it. You got to be confirmed. I was confirmed as a Catholic. They have a thing called confirmation. But how many know you got to be confirmed with God? To be confirmed means you're fixed, you're deep-rooted, and you're definite. These are words to believe God. Receiving your inheritance starts with believing God. Amen? To believe God means you're established. You can't believe in something that goes up like this. You know, God is not something that goes like this. God says, I will not lie and I'll never change. Those are two immutable things about God. I'm going to be good to my promise and I'll never tell you an untruth. I will always be truthful. I'll always be good to my word. God doesn't change. Amen. He's still the same God. All right. So you've got to put your faith in something that's been established. You don't want to put your faith in a new venture that's never been tested or tried. How many know we got a proven stone, a sure foundation? It's been tried, tested, and proven that it works in every country, in every situation, for every person of every race, of every language, of every place in the name of Jesus. To believe means you are assured. You are assured. You're confident. You're certain. A believer does not walk around thinking, I hope so. A believer does not say, maybe. A believer does not say, well, God, if you feel like it. God doesn't operate by feelings. You can't please God with your feelings. You can only please God with your faith. You can't please God with your emotions. You can only please him with your faith. Amen? And then just another word for belief is trusting. You're unquestioning expecting. How many has ever ordered a pizza and you had it delivered to your home? Let me see your hands. Everybody ordered a pizza or you ordered Chinese food and you had it delivered? You operated by faith. You called up a pizza company and you put in an order of what you wanted and you expected it within a certain amount of time. And I guarantee you that when you got off the phone putting in your order, you started getting the plates out. 
you started getting your money together. When the pizza delivery guy comes, here's the money. You started setting the table. You were expecting a pizza just the way you ordered to come to your house within a certain period of time. And if, if he was late, there was a time when you'd get it free. Remember those days? But see... Some people have more faith in a pizza delivery guy than they do in God. Because when you, when you believe God, when you put your order in, you're not getting ready for the answer. You're not expecting it to come. You're just waiting. What you doing? I'm waiting. Oh, hallelujah. You know, waiting in, in the Bible means actively serving. It doesn't mean doing nothing. It means you go, do you realize the second miracle that Jesus did in the gospel of John was a man, a wealthy man whose son was dead and he said, go, your son is healed. And the man walked in that knowledge and he said, he got to the house, found his son was better. And he said, when does my son get better? And he realized it was the moment when Jesus said it. But the man had to walk home with just the word. Jesus didn't even touch him. Just the word, your son will be made whole. So he walked home resting in that, confident in that, assured in that, trusting in that. And guess what? Boom. Just like Jesus said. You want to operate in great faith? Then just tell the Lord, I don't need hands laid on me. Just say it. Just speak the word and I shall be whole. Just speak the word and money will come. Just speak the word and my situation will change. But you got to do it with conviction, boldness, assurance, trust. Amen. You can't do it with maybe might or I hope this works or let me just try it. You can't try faith. Faith is not something you try. Faith is something you live each and every day. Okay. To be credited means to esteem to value to regard the moment the second the millisecond that abraham believed god god considered him righteous abraham did not have time he didn't go to church he came from haran he came from ur of the chaldees they worshiped idols he came from an idol-worshipping family. His father had a son whose name was Haran, who was Abraham's brother, who died. And Abraham's father couldn't get out of Haran. He couldn't get past the death of his son. He was stuck in Haran. And that's when God called Abraham. He said, I want you to come out. I got something better for you. I got a better way. Abraham's father probably would have been the one that called, but he, didn't, he, he wasn't in a position to respond to the call. So God called Abraham, and he brought him out, and he gave him a promise, and God made good on that promise. Hallelujah. All right? Faith is the key to receiving your benefits that's in your inheritance. Everybody say, faith is the key to getting my benefits. Hallelujah. Faith is the currency of heaven. Heirs are people who live by faith. What does it mean to live by faith? You govern your life by the word. You govern your words by the word. You govern your responses by the word. You govern your lifestyle by the word. In other words, you do what the word says even if you don't like it. 
or feel like it. God will never ask you, how do you feel about my promise? God will never take a poll about what do you think about my promise? There's no poll results in the Bible except for the poles that they built the temple with. Why? We're, the body of Christ is in a theocracy. God is king, and we're not. And what the king says is so. Amen? Okay. Hallelujah. Whoo, glory to God. All right, let's go down to verse 13. Galatians 3, 13. Because verses 8 to 12, they talk about living by faith, being by faith. All right? Heirs live by their belief in God. Did you know that your belief is something that you can live by? The Bible is the most practical book you'll ever read. Because it, it's, it's, it's a living, breathing thing. It's, it's alive. God's word is alive. We're never going to get to the bottom of it, but we can certainly enjoy it. Amen? And what God reveals to you in his word belongs to you. Glory to God. All right, Galatians 3.13. See, man messed up, so Christ had to come and redeem us. So Christ has redeemed us. Not going to, not will be, has already done, signed, sealed, and delivered. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. We're still dealing with the curse of the earth, but we're not anymore dealing with the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. That's a quote from Deuteronomy 21, verse 23. Why did Jesus become a curse for us? Why did Jesus redeem us? Here's the reason why. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on Gentiles. Gentiles were non-Jews. I'm a Gentile, but I've been adopted into the Jewish family. I've been engrafted in because Jesus is a Jew and I put my faith in him and I'm a joint heir with Jesus. So I'm a joint heir with a Jewish Jesus. That means my father's a rich Jew. His retirement plan is out of this world. Oh, that didn't get a big amen. I was surprised about that. The reason Christ redeemed us so that the very same blessing that God made with Abraham when he entered into a covenant with him would come on us through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, the Spirit is a down payment of our inheritance. Oh, my goodness. Do you realize, guys, we're only operating on our down payment of our inheritance? Wait till you get the whole thing. Your, Your inheritance includes an upgraded body. It's called a glorified body. Your inheritance includes a mansion in heaven's countryside. Your your inheritance, we have benefits of our inheritance now, but we also have benefits that we're still going to receive yet. Hallelujah. I'm going to heaven. How about you? I want to take as many people as I can. There's a lot of people that we encounter in Palmyra and in Lebanon County and in Dauphin County that don't know what you know. That's why you're there, so that you can help them know, so that you can show them what you know. Hallelujah. All right, verse, uh, verse 15. 
Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannuls it or adds to it. God entered into a covenant with Abraham, and no law, no other covenant can, can nullify the agreement that God made with Abraham. Because when Abraham offered his son Isaac on Mount Moriah, God said, in blessing I will bless you and you will bless the world. How did Abraham bless the world? There was a Messiah that came from the lineage. See, Abraham represents a righteous line of people who live by faith from generation to generation. I'll tell you what, Abraham was so blessed, he didn't just give his son Isaac an inheritance, he gave the world an inheritance. Hallelujah. We inherited Jesus, glory to God, because he offered his son Isaac on Mount Moriah. God says, I'm going to offer my son in the very same place to save humanity. That's how Abraham was going to bless the world. Hallelujah. Verse 16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not to his seeds as of many, but as of one. The seed he's talking about is Jesus. And if we're in Christ, then we are the seed of Abraham. In other words, we're, we get an equal share with Jesus. Ooh, glory to God. But of one, and, and, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Verse 17, and this I say, that the covenant which was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. Listen, the law came in after this covenant that God had made with Abraham, 430 years. That's the, the time that Israel spent in Egypt. So when they came out of Egypt, God had to institute the law. Because when you're dealing with a bunch of slave-minded people who had just gotten out of slavery, but a lot of the slavery was still in them, they, they thought like slaves. They whined, right? When they didn't have water, they whined. When they didn't have food, they whined. And God met every one of them. But they embraced death more than life, and a whole generation had to die in the wilderness. See, if you want to embrace death, you can embrace death. And you'll get death. Does that mean we're never going to die? Listen, if Jesus tarries his coming, I'm going to die, but I know where I'm going. I'm not afraid of death one, one iota, one bit. No way. No way, Jose. Amen? Why? Because I have a covenant with God. I'm God's seed. I have an inheritance. And my inheritance says I got a home in heaven. My inheritance says my master's building me a place right now. He's making a place ready for me. And I know that I have a place when I get there. I'm not going to go there today. Amen? I'm going to go there when, when my course is finished with joy. Amen? And I've done all that God wants me to do. All right, verse 18. If the inheritance be of the law, it is not of the promise. If you want to live by the law, you don't get the benefits. But if you want to live by the promise, you get the benefits. Okay? But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Okay? Verse 19, wherefore then serves the law? What, what's the purpose of the law? The law was instituted to show how bad we were. 
you bad boy. You bad girl. Right? The law is called a schoolmaster. The law was instituted to let us know in what kind of shape we were in that we needed a savior. Okay? That's the summary of the purpose of the law. All right? But when Jesus came, Jesus said, I did not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law. So everything that Jesus did fulfilled the law. So that way, if you're in Christ, you're not under the law anymore. Because he fulfilled it. He completed it. He was the only one that could. Amen? Now, now we live by the law of the love. And now we live by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Okay? So that's the purpose of the law. Jesus, verse 20, now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Jesus is the mediator. The man Christ Jesus is the mediator between God and man. Why? He's the God man. He's the perfect man. Okay? Perfect representative. All right? Um, hallelujah. Um, let's go to uh, verse 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, showed up unto faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Say, I've graduated. I got a law degree. (laughs) I, I, I passed the law exam. Amen? I'm not under law anymore, glory to God. Matter of fact, I didn't even have to pass it. Jesus passed it for me. And he gave me an A. He gave you an A. Amen? Why? We get the same thing. If Jesus gets an A, you get an A. Hallelujah. Why? Because you put your faith in him, you get his benefits. Amen? Hallelujah. So, being a Christian means that we have chosen him. Right? And we invited him to be our savior. We invited him, and guess what? When he, when you get the savior in, you get the healer in. You get the provider in. You get the deliverer in. You get the waymaker in. You get the prince of peace in. You get the whole enchilada, if I can say it that way. If you like enchiladas, how about the whole supreme pizza? Amen? Or how about the steak with all the trimmings? Whatever you like. Right? This is what we get with Jesus. Can you say amen? So now that faith has come, we've been born again. All right. Verse 26. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. How did you become a child of God? You got born again. Amen. If you didn't like being born, be born again. You know, some people think their life is terrible. Well, then be born again. Get a new life. Get a new life in Christ. Amen. God will give you a new life, a better life. A higher life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, then, oh, look at verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all in Christ Jesus. There's no race. There's no religion. We're just Christians. Amen? Amen? You don't do away with your race. You still, who you are, right? You still have your culture, but now you get to exercise a kingdom culture. You get to live in a different kingdom. Amen? God translated us from the kingdom of darkness, and he put us into the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. 
We've been translated and transferred to a different kingdom, to a different lifestyle. Glory to God. So what is an heir? An heir is someone who has received an inheritance. Every one of us in this room have received an inheritance. God included you in his will when he wrote it out. And a will does not take effect until someone dies. A a person who is alive can write a will, but that will will be kept in check until they die. But then once they die, the will takes effect. Someone in our family has died. His name is Jesus. That way when he died, the will of God became effective for us. It was activated for us. Now we can receive the benefits that he promised us, that he provided for us, that he wanted to give to us. Everything in God's word he wants you to have. Amen? My goodness, how else could God demonstrate the seriousness of his desire towards you than sending his only son to live a perfect life, to become a man. Can you imagine going from heaven to earth? You spent, you spent eternity in heaven and you, you, were, you were unbound by time. You had no time. Jesus never wore a watch, right? But now he comes into a physical body. And now he's, he, he went from a place that was all of light. Now he, he experiences darkness and light. He, went, he came from a place where everybody respected him and honored him to he came to a place where people reject him and dishonor him and criticize him and make fun of him. He became poor so that you could become rich. 2 Corinthians 8 says that. An heir is a beneficiary of one's will and can legally take possession of what was promised in the will. Say, I'm here to take my possession. I'm here to obtain. I'm here to receive. God gave it to me, and I'm receiving what's mine. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is you need, I want you to say it out loud. If, it's, if, you, if you need healing, say, I'm receiving my healing. If you need help, say, I'm receiving my help. If you need finances, say, I'm receiving my finances. Say it right now. Whatever it is you need, I want you to declare it out. Say, I'm here to receive it in Jesus' name right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's will is his word, and every believer or follower of Jesus is an heir. We're having some good air time tonight. You know? I ought to make a tennis shoe, air pishka, but with a different kind of spelling of air. Amen? And I could be with a Bible, and I could even have my tongue. You know, Michael Jordan made the air Jordans with his tongue hanging out. An air has been included in God's will. So every heir needs to know the will of God for themselves. You should study the will. You know, not only does God got a will, 
but he also has a will for each individual. In other words, he has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a reason for you being on this earth. And if you don't know that, it's not too late to find out. Moses discovered his purpose when he was 80. John the Baptist discovered his purpose when he was in the womb. I think that covers all of us because we're all in between, right? Amen? So if you haven't found your purpose on this planet yet, you can find it because that's part of your inheritance. Part of your inheritance means is doing what God created you to do. It's what God, doing what God called you to do. When did God call Jeremiah? He said, before I knew you were in your womb, I called you to be a prophet of the nations. He already knew the plan that he had for Jeremiah. God knew that I was going to be a pastor. just took me a few years to figure it out. Amen? God knows why he made you, but you gotta, you got to just talk with him. He'll tell you. He wants you to know. All right. Hallelujah. I got to close this thing up. Okay. Someone who was richer than Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and every nation on the planet put together made you an inheritance. Y'all missed that. Someone who was richer than Bill Gates, Elon Musk, and every person and every nation put together included you in an inheritance. That's the person who wrote this will. Someone very rich and very wealthy put you in their will. Loved you enough to leave you some good things. These aren't just good things. These are great things. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He has seated you in heavenly places with him. Hallelujah. This, his will includes everything related to our new birth. Healing, deliverance. The word salvation is the word sozo. It means all included. Hallelujah. You've been, you've been brought to an island, uh, an island resort that it's all included. Your food. Hallelujah. Your shelter. Your fun. Your entertainment. It's all in one place. It's in the Bible. It's in your inheritance. It's in the will of God. Hallelujah. It's been made for you. It's been left for you. It's been given to you. Glory to God. Our inheritance is a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our inheritance is imperishable. It's eternal. Glory to God. It's everlasting, never-ending. Hallelujah. It is permanent, undestructible. Glory to God. And it is perpetual. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, his grandchildren. Are we planning to leave something for our grandchildren? Hallelujah. That's part of the blessing. Amen. Our inheritance is incorruptible. It's unspoiled, uncontaminated. It's fresh. How I many like fresh bread? Well, you got fresh promises. When you woke up this morning, God said, all my promises for you are yes and Amen. Every promise God puts his yes to, and he, he celebrates you receiving it with his amen. we got to have some receivers today. Amen? Our inheritance is unfading. It doesn't lose its color or freshness or value or effectiveness. 
It will be with you today. It'll be with you for the rest of your life. And you know what? Abraham didn't just leave Isaac gold, silver, and cattle. He left him faith. He left him how to have a relationship and walk with God. He took Isaac with him to sacrifice him on Mount Moriah. He saw the faith of his father. God will provide himself a lamb. He saw the trust in how God and his mom, uh, Abraham and his, uh, his father and his mother, walk with God. He saw the miracles. He saw the provision. He saw the blessing. So Abraham left more, he left more than just stuff to Isaac. He left a heritage of faith. He left it for generations. We are benefiting from the faith of Abraham. We are products of the faith of Abraham. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to Psalm 103, and I'm going to close here. Psalm 103. This is just a good summary See, you've you got to believe the promise. The promise is the word. When you believe the word, you put your trust in it. You're assured of it. You rely on it. And then what it says becomes a reality in your life. You may not see it with your natural eyes, but it, it is it is already operating and working as if it's yours already. See, let let me just say this. The woman with the issue of blood, you've probably heard multiple sermons about that, right? She struggled with a condition of bleeding for 12 years. She had money because the Bible says she spent all of her money. But she spent all of her money on doctors and doctor's appointments and clinics and hospitals and specialists. And she was nothing better but grew worse. But now she heard something different. She heard that there was someone in her area that was going around healing people, going around helping people, and there was so much power and people were getting so much help that she was so fully persuaded, so fully convinced that now she said, okay, if that happens to them, it can happen to me. And so she was convicted, so she made her way in her weakened physical state. She was not healed yet, but she was going to her healing. She was making her way to her healing. Her healing was Jesus. Her healing was the word. And she just had to reach out and touch the word. Not even his flesh, just his garment. Just his, the bottom of his garment. See, when you believe something so strongly that even in a weakened condition, you're going to make your way to it. That's the kind of conviction I'm talking about. That's what it means to believe. Oh, I'm too weak to do this for God. Listen, I've seen people who are weak. I've seen people who are struggling, but they've been consistent in their walk with God, and I've seen them get the victory. I've seen other people succumb to their weakness, and they've gotten weaker. Let the weak say, Oh, my goodness. That just shot your theology, your weak theology out of, out of the air right there. 
Let the weak say, I'm strong. See, if you want to get stronger, you've got to start calling yourself stronger. Stop, stop magnifying the weakness and start magnifying your strength. And you watch your situation turn around. So that woman was convinced that healing belonged to her. So she made her way through the crowd. She went against cultural norms. If the high priest would have seen her, he would have arrested her and had her stoned. I'm telling you. I mean, they got upset when Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. Imagine with a woman with issue of blood walking through the crowd. They'd, they'd go berserk. She went against the law. She went against what her body was saying. She went against what the doctor said. Why? She knew. She was convinced. She was persuaded. She was a beneficiary of a healing covenant. And she went and she just tapped the healing. You know, you want to go to the spout where the glory comes out. Right? And when she touched him, boom, virtue went out of him into her. She knew that she was healed because she acted in faith. And Jesus didn't even know who touched him because he said, who touched me? So Psalm 103, and then we're going to close. See, when you believe the promise, you receive the benefit. I mean, I could go over a list of benefits, but this is just a good summary. Psalm 103, I will bless the Lord when, my, when I feel like it. I will bless the Lord on my soul and all that is, ever say all that is within me. You know, we got to stop giving God half-hearted praises. We got we to gotta stop being restricted when the Holy Spirit says, lift up your hands. And you're like, he ain't going to lift them for you. That's not his job. If he says lift your hands, you need to lift your hands. We got to stop being ashamed about worship and worrying about what people are going to think about how we look like. We got to get loose in here. We got too many religious stiffs in here. Amen? The Holy Ghost is like water, He's fluid. Everybody just, just go side to side for just a little bit. You can just do it with your hands and your arms. Amen? What are you doing? I'm dancing with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Put a little Spanish thing. <laughs> I actually used to have some of those clickers that my, uh, my grandparents got me from Mexico. I never used them, though. <clears throat> okay. I will bless the Lord, O my soul. You know, you've got to do some things with your soul. And all that is within me, that means your whole being, Bless his holy name. See, if, we, if, if we'd spend more time blessing and less time complaining, imagine what the difference it could make in our lives. All right, this is a little side thought. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. How are you not going to forget him? He wrote a book about him. Anytime you want to reference him, just look. Who forgives all your iniquities. That's a good benefit, isn't it? Forgiveness. Who heals some of your diseases. All. God's all. God's an all God. He's not a part God. He's not a part time God. He's not some of the time God. He's an all God. He's all in all the time. Hallelujah. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns your, 
You with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with good things who, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. How many could use some renewing today? Youth renewing. Hallelujah. Some of you can use some youth renewing today. We found the fountain of life. His name's Jesus. He is a fountain that flows from Emmanuel's veins. It's the fountain of life. You don't have to go to Florida. You don't have to go to Ponce de Leon. We found it. Hallelujah. It's Jesus. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. If you've been oppressed or bullied or kept down, let me tell you something. God will execute judgment. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. Do you want to know his acts or his ways? How close do you want to get to him? People who didn't get, get, people who weren't too close to God, they just saw his acts. But Moses, who talked to him like a man speaks with a friend face to face, he saw, he saw something different. He saw his ways. I want to know God's ways. I appreciate his acts, but I want to know his ways. I want to know why he acted the way he did. I want to know why why he said what he said. Amen? The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. You know what? If you haven't been walking right with God, God's God's not going to hold his anger against you. You have an opportunity right now to make things right with God. Amen? God is not one to hold a grudge. He gives you an opportunity to repent. He'll always show mercy before judgment. Amen? But we're here today because we come to receive some things from God. And you need to receive, if if you're here today and you need to receive something from God, God's got something for you today. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. I feel the power. (laughs) Hallelujah. Woo! So, Listen, you believe the promise, you receive the benefit. Now it's receiving time. You've heard about the promise. You heard about what it means to believe. Now it's time to, to receive. Amen. If you need to receive something from God today I want, and, and you would like prayer, I just want you to come up front right now and we will pray with you and God will meet you where you are right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, you guys can play. That's good. Glory to God. Tell you what, there's some fresh new things that are going to happen today in the name of Jesus. It's no coincidence.
Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For his promises. For his power. Glory to God. For his personal touch. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless your holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you can you walk? Let's walk. We're gonna walk. We're gonna praise the Lord. We're gonna walk. And we're gonna turn around. And we're gonna praise him with every step. Praise him. He orders the steps of the righteous and he delights in your path. Hallelujah. All right, we're gonna turn around. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just sit down right there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Do you see yourself possessing the promise? Is the promise a reality on the inside? Do you have a clear picture of what God said on the inside of you in the name of Jesus? Whether it's a healing, it doesn't matter what it is. You need a clear picture on the inside. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Have a great week and enjoy your inheritance. God bless you. You got something? I just want to share something real quick. level you are with your inheritance in God, don't let the enemy cause you to think it's not enough. So whatever you grasp, it's more that you know that you know, right? You just build from what you already know. Don't ever condemn yourself for not getting it right away. Because that's the enemy coming in to steal what you, what little progress you might have made. And he wants to snatch it and bring you back down. So you just build upon build upon build. You just keep adding to it. It's, it's your inheritance. You've got it. Mm-hmm. So you just keep taking it a step at a time, a step. Don't feel like, well, I didn't get it. Maybe it was. No, it is yours. Your, your belief system is adjusting to your new inheritance. Yeah. You know, when people, if people inherited a lot of money at one time and they were all like, they, you know, remember the, what is the hillbillies? The Beverly Hillbillies. Remember how they behaved when they got all this money? They were still kind of like living. Okay, well, the same with you. It might have been so long since you like all of a sudden. Wow, what? You just keep adding to it. Don't ever despise yourself for whatever you believe concerning your inheritance. That's just what I want to tell you. Just keep adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. It's there. It's yours. Nobody can take it away. It's all yours. You take it at your pace. Amen? And you'll see how quick it'll start adding up. Once you get it, it'll build momentum, and then it'll just be boom. It just happens. So you just grow. Just grow, grow, grow into your inheritance. Amen. Amen. All right.